ออนไลน์พอดแคสต์เฮ้ยเฮ้ยเฮ้ยเฮ้ยเฮ้ยเฮ้ยเฮ้ยเฮ้ยเฮ้ยเฮ้ยเฮ้ยเฮ้ยเฮ้ยเฮ้ยเฮ้ยเฮ้ยเฮ้ยเฮ้ยเฮ้ <laughs> and and so uh, we we are back this week again, and we want to talk a little bit more. Last week we talked about her experience leading up to the uh, her uh, surgery, and so why do they call a sex, sexual gender reassignment surgery? Or yeah, lot, call lots it? of people say gender reassignment surgery, but yeah. most people I know still still say SRS or sex reassignment surgery. Mm. Yeah. And my mum always calls it a sex change because that's how people people don't know these words unless ah. you go and think about it. You don't know it, know about it. So sex change is what what she tells everyone else. Yeah. <laughs> is that is that considered like a uh, not so kind terminology? Yeah, I don't know. I think they think it's kind of. I don't know. I don't know why there'll be some reason why people don't like to say that anymore. But um, um, I'm not quite sure what it is. I think it was. Yeah, simplistic, too simplistic. Yeah, like maybe something like it. that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Maybe it's kind of or sounds like, like a, a tabloid headline. Mm? Or is it because you change it because it's you? It's like you. Yeah. It's so easily you choose it. Kind of like. You know, you yeah, yeah. Maybe it's it just sounds too snappy. It sounds like the sort of thing they'll have Flip. on a. <laughs> yeah, yeah, on a tabloid newspaper. Sex change shock. Yeah. Uh, okay. Um, okay. Yeah. Mm. So, uh, yeah, SRS. Sometimes you see SRS on like some um, stereo system. <laughs> yep, <laughs> <laughs> it's like kind of like a Dolby Digital, <laughs> Dolby Digital. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, SRS, we are here to talk about SRS this week. So um, last week we talked a little bit about your process leading up to it. And now, how, uh, well, I want to talk a little bit about that too. How how did you research your surgery? Um, yeah, I actually went to see um, see Dr. Suporn in Thailand, and he's supposed to have the best reputation in the world for doing doing SRS. And he's also quite expensive as well, so that's why it was good that I had the the night watch job before. Um, there's nobody really good doing it in Australia, and mm. the technique they use here is. Um, is quite old-fashioned, um, and it, same in New Zealand. Now I believe someone is doing it in New Zealand, but I haven't found it. And they do it in New Zealand. You can actually get it done for free. They do six oh. free surgeries a year, oh, wow. but you have to wait for a very long time. Mm. So, uh, and then again, I don't know how experienced the surgeon is in New Zealand. Now, Doctor Supon does about has done over two thousand surgeries wow. now. So. I, and it seemed to me, I went and looked up his site, and I went and looked on forums and so on, that he seemed to be the safest one, and and he had the best reputation, and he uses a different 
different technique. Now, they are, in the old days, they just used to turn the penis inside out and make that into a vaginal canal. Mm-hmm. But Dr. Supon does something different. He'll take the scrotum and that become, make it into a skin graft and that becomes the vaginal canal. And then all of the sensitive skin on the tip of the penis, uh-huh. that gets made into the labia and, and the clitoris. Oh. And so that feels, feels really good. That the, the clitoris is like the tip of the penis, the most sensitive, where all the nerve endings are. Are, are there any, well, I'd say, okay, this is my ignorance. Well, that's fine. We'll find out. So are any of your, your, pen, your glands was kept or is it just the, the skin that was kept? But the, the gland also is there, the one that... that <laughs> Now there's a there's a word for for this little this substance, but everyone just calls it pre cum, and and the gland that creates the pre cum is kept, and that's oh. what lubricates the vagina. Wow! Oh. So it's really clever. Um, now is that is that method not done else by other people? I that... don't. I think other people have started to do it, oh, but he was okay. the one who he was like the, uh, um, almost like the pioneer. He's been doing it the longest. Yeah, I yeah. see. So it, most of his patients, I think, self lubricate. Um, yeah, but the only problem is hmm? very cool. (laughs) It is very cool, but there's one problem. Yes. And the problem is this, is that when you get sexually aroused, you get wet as a man, you get hard. And Uh, when you get sexually aroused with some of the stuff that's left down there, you also get hard and that hurts a lot. So you have to really avoid thinking about sex, avoid thinking about sexy thoughts. So I don't know if you ever... What what is that? What is um what is the sensation? The pain? Is it? It's just it aches, yeah. And sometimes oh. it will bleed just after the surgery. It oh. will bleed, um, and sometimes because it's just not. Yeah, you shouldn't shouldn't do it. You have to wait for about two it's or three, two months. Yeah, completely. Yeah, it's not healed yet, and swelling it up might make the the stitches stretch or something. So is you it, is it really because, have to be careful. Is about it because it. it's it's like you know it's it's now turned all different ways, and then you still. Yep. Mm-hmm. Your your old organ is still wanting to do the erection. The yeah. a male the body tissue would. that's there is still wanting to do it. Yeah, the okay. erectile tissue is still there. Ah, and but, and so so it, what does it feels like a cramp or pull or what? Ache, really, ache. really bad ache, and then you like go like ah, a, like a piercing stop. aching or like sharp pain or what? I'm trying. Uh, I'm very interested in yeah, this thing. Maybe. Hmm. It kind like of just ache. aches all over. Like a muscle over. ache, like, or is there anything like that really, you can link really, to? Like a really, really, really bad muscle ache. Oh, okay, okay. Very, but inside, but very sharp. Yeah, inside you. Yeah. Mm, okay. Um, and then, <laughs> that's not very nice. I know, right? It's so, like, oh, oh no, hot, yeah, yeah, hot exactly. guy. Oh. <laughs> like, you wouldn't believe how many times that happened to oh. people before they learned to control their thoughts. Oh so, my um, gosh! Tell us about the thought, the thought controlling <laughs> portion of it. Yeah, I'll, I was going to say perhaps I should go back beforehand oh, yes. and, and yes. say about Lead what happened up. just yes. before. Because I went, to, so I went to Thailand, and uh, my mum wasn't there yet, so I was there for four days before, and I just wandered around, and I found Hokkien came really in handy actually, because uh, up the road from the, like all of the China, uh, the doctor actually, he's his name is Supon, but he's actually a Teochew. Ah, yeah, yeah. Uh, a lot of, um, uh, so, many of my, I know many of some family members who have Thai names, but they're yep. Chinese. Yeah, that's right. And they speak Teochew, yeah? Yeah, 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 Teochew, yeah. yes. In Thailand, yes. Teochew, Teochew. Because you so, know, like um, Teochew Ban, Teochew Ban, you know, the Chinese opera? A lot of the yep. good troops are from Thailand. 
Yes, they had it on TV when I was there as well. Mm-hmm. I thought I must be the only Angmo who really wants to watch that. <laughs> <laughs> um, so that was really cool, actually. When I got there, I found I could communicate with, a, even though my Thai, I'd only just started learning Thai, I could just walk, find an old Chinese person and I could talk to them, mm. which was really good fun. Anyway, um, and I could t- I surprised Dr. Supon as well, which was uh, <laughs> Uh, you, it's like having a secret language that no one else can understand. It's I really, know. That's pretty cool. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I went for my um, checkups and so on. And then I, I talked to quite a few of the people who'd had their surgery already because they stay for a few weeks afterwards and found out things and went to, went shopping and, and then it came to the day I had to go into hospital uh, and I met the other people who were going in for their checkup for the day after or, and the day after that and I talked to them in the van on the way in and uh, uh, yeah I won't say too much about about the other people because I don't want to yeah a lot of them don't don't um, they people don't know about them yeah. so uh, back at home uh, anyway uh, I went into the hospital and they put. Remember, have you seen the Princess Bride? It's a really old film from the eighties, yeah. Mm-hmm. And they stick suction cups to on this machine to stick suction cups on you, and it sucks your life out <laughs> when you crank it up. Yeah. Uh, anyway, they had to check my heart rate, so they put all these suction cups yeah. all over my body like that. And then I met. Um, <laughs> and then I just went into the hospital room and I waited. And my mum was coming that evening, mm-hmm. and the surgery was the next morning. Uh, and I met another psychiatrist who got us to draw pictures of, of things. He was also Chinese originally, but he couldn't speak Teochew anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just sat around and learned Thai, Thai alphabet cards. I made alphabet cards oh. so I could learn the Thai alphabet well, because I knew I wouldn't be able to move around for four or five days. So I mm-hmm. thought I need to take things to amuse myself. Yeah. Um, and then the sun set. And the psychiatrist came and he got us to draw pictures and he said, draw a picture of a person. And I draw a nude woman. And he said, why did you draw her naked? Because I said, because you didn't say to draw a person with clothes. You just said to draw a person. Anyway, <laughs> that was pretty nice. He was, that's just the final check to make sure you don't have that, that you don't really have any problems mm-hmm. that, um, that, um, and, uh, then the anesthetist came, and she was really lovely. She's, um, uh, she, I think she lived in America before. Mm. Um, and then, then I got my enema. <laughs> ah, was that fun? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was. <laughs> I kept on asking her about it, and I learned the Thai word for enema. And so she, I think I mentioned it one too many times. So she, <laughs> so she kind of guessed that I might be kind of looking forward to it. <laughs> It's so bad. What happened was like when I was a teenager, my brother and I had found this. I, I can't remember what book it was. I think it was a Stephen King book. And it was talking about enemas. And somebody said, my brother said he liked them. Oh, that's sick. Yeah. <laughs> but we used to laugh about it all the time. And then I was kind of nervous. But then I thought, yeah, you know, probably. Yeah, I'm kind of looking forward to it as well. <laughs> and now. The nurse who gave me my enema, she's my Facebook friend. <laughs> oh, she's seen it all. <laughs> yeah, she's seen it all. She's really lovely. Um, so, um, so you have to do, I mean, obviously you have to clear out everything for the surgery. 
That's right. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And I wasn't allowed to eat after midnight, so I told her it's like gremlins. You don't feed me after midnight. And, <laughs> don't and get she, water she, on you. Yeah, it's good she got that as well. So, <laughs> um, so then um, my mum came uh, right in the middle of the third enema, um, <laughs> and I had to race off to the toilet. Anyway, my mum turned up from she just got the taxi down uh-huh. from the airport, and. Um, she was there with me for about an hour and then she went to, went home, went back to the host, uh, the hotel to go to bed mm-hmm. and they gave me some sleeping pills because they thought I'd be nervous. I just took them anyway because I thought I'd probably need that. Yeah. Um, Were you I nervous? Was getting a, I was, I was ex- like, yeah, Excited, kind of anxious. nervous. Yeah. I went, I was quite a bit anxious and I had in the morning, um, there was a, we had to, I had to take a shower. So I was yeah anxious. Like you wanted, in a certain way, yeah. Yeah, you, you were like, oh, I've been waiting for so long and I, it's that's finally right, here yeah. and, you know, yeah, so that's close. Right, yeah. yeah, And what, what would happen afterwards? Because I know I'd been told that actually the surgery is the easy part and life gets difficult a month to two months afterwards. Ah, um, the healing. The healing, yeah. That's the, the, that's the to, difficult part. Stuff that you need to um, do to, uh, after. The, the dilating and yeah, so on? Yeah. Yeah. Um, Wait, so, well, let me ask you this. Um, how much did it mean to you that your mom is there? That was really wonderful. Um, and I think I didn't understand quite how much it meant to me until after the surgery when I came out of hospital because there were lots of people there who didn't have anyone there. Oh, yeah, uh, I can imagine. And actually, I ended up, when I got better, I ended up, going and getting things from them from the shops and things because they weren't allowed to walk around very much. Ah. And just to have someone there to remind you when to take, just on a practical level, yeah. when to take medicine and when to do these things, um, uh, that that was really wonderful. But just to have her there coming to visit me as well. And I, it was really nice. She'd, she'd said something to me about being there for my rebirth. And oh. and I thought that's great because I'd said that to a friend of mine, yeah. um, and I thought that that's really wonderful. And to remind um, people about the name. That's right. Yeah. Well, yeah. of course, she. That's the name she'd chosen for me. Catherine was the name she chose for me before I was born, mm. and she was a bit disappointed that I ended up, uh, ended up being born as a boy, mm-hmm. but. Um, for a, for a day, and then she'd thought, yeah. "Oh, what a uh, lovely baby!" Yeah. And she didn't think about it anymore uh-huh. after that. And now she tells told people she got her daughter thirty five or thirty six years too late. Yeah, thirty seven <laughs> years. <too late. laughs> um, in Thailand. <laughs> in Thailand, that's right. <laughs> but um, uh, so that really did mean mean a lot to me, and it meant a lot that Nikki came as well because um, I'd been talking to her for such a long time. I was really looking forward to seeing her. That was the blogger. The, yeah. Yeah. Yep. And um. And where so, where where was she coming from? I forgot you said from New Zealand. New, New, New Zealand, Zealand. That's right. Yeah. So we had very similar life experience because we grew up at about the same time, uh-huh. uh, in not not the same sort of environment, but quite a similar one, like um, nineteen eighties New Zealand. Yeah. Um. So she, my mum went home and had a sleep and Nikki came in the morning to see me before I went in and she actually went with me right up to the, to the surgery doors. Mm-hmm. So that was really good as well. So she was with me just before then. And, um, 
but before that, in the morning, I had to wash myself off. And I looked down there and I thought, you know, I'm not going to miss you. <laughs> <laughs> and someday soon, I'm not even going to remember what you looked like. Uh. And, and I don't remember already. I don't really remember what, what that looked like anymore because it's not there and it doesn't, it's not in my head anymore even. Mm. So, uh, so off I went into the surgery and, um, and Dr. Supon was there. And the anesthetist from the night before as well. And I said, when Dr. Supon came in, I said, Wabokia. <laughs> 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 um, and, uh, and then the, they strapped me down. And I also, just on the plane on the way over, I'd seen Total Recall, the remake of it. Uh-huh. And when they want to put the memories into you, they have this hose going into your arm, which drips it in. And they started doing it to me as well for the anesthetic. And it was going in and the um, uh, one of the nurses was showing me pictures of beautiful orchids on her on her phone, on her iPhone. Uh-huh. That was really nice. Oh. And I thought, hmm, some of those look like... Uh, Look like testicles and penises and vaginas. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, and then I lay back on the on the pillow back, and I was all stretched out like um like on a cross basically, Mm -hmm. and just thought, ah wow. And I I wrote on my blog, and I think I did. I'm sure I went out with a smile on my face. Is that yeah. what? What was the last thing you remember before, like, like leading up going, to going? Finally, finally, <laughs> just that. And then the next then, thing. The next thing I remember, I was on the in on a green sheet in the recovery room, mm-hmm. and I was asking like, uh, <laughs> "Tan me," <laughs> I was asking "Tan me chong kuo chong kuo uh, which means, do I have? I thought it's me saying, do I have a beautiful vagina? <laughs> <laughs> actually, the anesthetist told me the next day, like, actually, it means, do I have a beautiful vaginal canal? <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> because, because usually people say yeah. nong sao, which means they like have a different uh, name. little sister. Oh, oh okay. Yeah, yeah. Ah. Um, not bop bop. <laughs> 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 So it's like me saying, wow, it's a bot bot Um and then I can't remember so much about that, but there are lots of tubes in me. Yeah. Um and then I remember drainage them picking me up tube taking or what? Drainage tubes, yep. And I remember them picking me up and taking me to the bed. Uh-huh. And then uh, in the afternoon, but about three o'clock I think it was, maybe my mum came. because uh, she didn't what think time, I'd be awake time, yet. What time was your surgery? It started at nine in the morning and okay. it went for, I think, five hours. It's a really yeah. long one. That's yeah. the most they can keep you out for, I think, is about five hours with anesthetic. Mm. Um, and uh, I didn't feel pain down there very much. So I was quite lucky, just sort of un- a little bit uncomfortable. Yeah, it's a little sore. And I couldn't move. And I was feeling very sick from the anesthetic as well. Oh, okay. Uh, and... My mum came that day. I don't remember too much about that day now. I wrote a bit a bit about it a few days afterwards. Then I talked to my brother and I was so, actually, no. When my mum came, I started to get really excited because it, and I felt really, really worked up and excited about mm-hmm. stuff. 
And after that, a lot of people were very tired, but me, me I couldn't sleep because I was so euphoric about yeah. it. Yeah. And I was so bad. I, my brother called me. I can't remember whether this was the third day or the first day. And I said, no, it must have been later on. And I pulled out my computer and said, hey, look at this. <laughs> like, and he didn't, he didn't want to see that. It doesn't look very nice, but I showed him. Um, Did that yeah. scar him forever? <laughs> <laughs> and then uh, I think Nikki came in the next day. Uh, oh, no, the next day there was there's an opportunity to go away to a beach house and it doesn't happen very often. So my mum and Nikki went to that together and I said, yeah, it's okay, I'm just fine here. Um, and Because I was learning Thai all the time. It mm. was really good good for me because I, yeah, I, I have, I think, how many letters do they have? I think 48, these alphabet cards. And I just went over and over and over and again. I said, when I leave the hospital, I'm going to want to be able to read Thai. Um, didn't quite happen like that, but almost. <laughs> Almost. That's good. Well, you're um, you're good at languages. Yeah, I think I found like Hokkien and and Thai. Sometimes there are things that are the same, or Cantonese and Thai. You, there are grammatical similarities and things. Mm-hmm. Not that the words are the same, but the grammar's kind of similar. But that was really good fun too, because the nurses all wanted to come and talk to me. Ah. So on night shift, um, the night nurses um, they'd all pile into my room in the morning, and we'd talk away in Thai, and I'd have my dictionary there, and it would be quite cool. Yeah. Uh, keeps and your mind, of the, you know, keeps you occupied and, and, you know, away from focusing just on this, the recovery. That's right. Recovery. Yeah. Um, and, uh, one of them was really funny. She was a night nurse and she, um, she told me that, asked me if I'd been to Pattaya, mm-hmm. like, and she said, you know, in Pattaya, this was in English, yeah. have many lady night, many <laughs> ladies of the night. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but, oh, cause she's a night nurse. She said, you know, I also lady night. <laughs> Uh, so, and I told her, yeah, well, actually, I'm Lady Night too, because I used to work the night shifts all the time. <laughs> um, and uh, I could talk on Skype, so that was good, and I could write, and I could do a lot of things. But uh-huh. I couldn't. I had a lot of trouble sleeping because my things were racing all the time. I was just my thoughts were racing, and I yeah. was. It was kind of manic. Yeah. The opposite of yeah. Um. Did and you know what that was days. from? Did you know what that was from, or was it just excitement? I think it's excitement and Is hormone level oh, changes okay. as well. Yeah, I thought um, I thought it was like the the pain medication. It could have been that too, <laughs> um, but then I found like I actually had a really strong, strong sexual imagination as well. Oh. And that's what I had to be careful of because I'd start oh. thinking about it, and then like I described it like racing down a highway and having to avoid cars so uh, otherwise you crash into them and it hurts mm, down there mm. um uh so that was that was also in the it was first recovery days. the first few days during the recovery first few days afterwards yeah and they have all sorts of stuff it packed in there yeah. um to keep it open yeah at first and uh-huh. that stays in there for a while and i also they had a catheter bag and i had a drainage bag mm-hmm. um so once the drainage bag was taken off and the the packaging was taken out and it looked like really it looked like burnt jaguar tail it was just oh my god <laughs> <laughs> after that for a little while <laughs> the the stuff that comes out looked like burnt jaguar yeah tail. yeah it's bandages inside yeah. and it's got all the blood in it yes, and it yes. just looked like jaguar tail and so, <laughs> 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 now you you're making me hungry <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> i also 
tell you that the, some of the cream they put on it looked like mayonnaise. So, and Ooh, and the sweat, the spelling. My two favorite like, foods. Looked like a hot dog. So, <laughs> did you think of me when you look at? It? Well, I don't know why that lately. Well, not lately. Forever, uh-huh. my coworkers have been realizing that everything that I talk ultimately link up to food. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I knew that. <laughs> so, yeah. So everything that you just mentioned just made me hungry, by the way. Yeah. Oh, yeah, chocolate, yeah. by the way, it's a type of fried uh, flat uh, rice noodles. Mm-hmm. Now, that's really interesting, too, that, um, I mean, in the U.S., chocolate is not very well known. Yeah. But in, in Australia, it's better known. But a lot of people still didn't know what I was talking about when because there were lots of Australians there at the time uh-huh. as well. Um, and then... We get on to the person in the next room, uh, and she lives in in stealth, so I'm not going to say her name. Yeah. But um. Uh, I got on. Um, like, she was in the van taking us to the hospital, and I talked to her because, like, before I started doing Chinese, I used to do German, mm. so I was talking to them in in German. Um, I hadn't spoken German for maybe I'd spoken it for about two days in 15 years, so it wasn't very good anymore. Um, but she was in the next room to me, and she was bored out of her skull, and her mother was annoying. <laughs> being Like, yeah, her mum's a little bit too bossy. Uh, well, not a little bit, quite. Anyway, she needed somebody else to talk to, and, and she got my Skype, and we started talking through there. Um, and... We got on very well together, and then the next day she came to visit me and got up because we could start walking around. Okay, yeah, I was just going to ask you what, about about what day is when you can actually start walking again? The fourth day? Uh, fourth, oh, yeah, fourth day, yeah. And the first time I got up, I couldn't stand up properly. Uh-huh. I got dizzy, felt sick, and had to stand back down. The next time my mum was there and she held me up and I stood up for a bit longer and then I could walk a little bit. Mm-hmm. And then I did it by myself a little bit just from with things to hold on to. Yeah. Um, and then, uh, then I got a visit. Yeah. Um, I think I can say her name. Her name's Jessica. Yeah. Okay. Um, so long as I don't say her surname yeah. and the people who she's stealth to probably can't understand this anyway. Yeah. <laughs> um, anyway, um, when I was there, I thought, okay, you know, we sat down together and I thought, ah, oh, I feel like human contact. <laughs> uh, can I just lean on you for a while? And then we sort of leant on each other because it was too hard to sit up. Uh-huh. And that was where it all started. <laughs> ah. So actually, um, we see each other. We've been talking to each other on Skype every day since then. Um, and that's why I'm going to Germany. Ah, that's awesome. <laughs> So um, that's that's beautiful. Uh, it's really nice that was, uh, we got on very very well mm-hmm. to start off with, and then um, both of our mothers went back home, and and uh, we moved into the same room to, together, and and she had a bit more trouble healing than I did, uh-huh. and she actually had a lot more trouble than I did later on, mm. but um, I could help her out for things a lot, and we just got on so well together that um. Yeah. Well, that's kind of Something nice. Something really beautiful grew out of that. Yeah. Um, and um, how so, how many uh, days were you uh, were you there? And how many days I were you be able together? Six days. Six days. Um, okay. 
seven days. Um, and then, and so was she. So she came out a day later than I did. Um, so I'll just go back to, I'll backtrack a bit to what happened when I came out of the hospital. Yeah. Okay. Oh, first of all, when they, um, took all the packing out. Oh, you were going to tell me, you were going to tell me about Chakwit Down. Nobody yeah, knew about they, oh, yeah. All the packing came out, yeah? Yeah, yeah. And then then they put this in, yeah? which is a, this is a big glass dildo. Actually, wow. they didn't put the big one in. Dr. Supon just stuck this in. Start and with a small to, one. It's Yeah, a small one. This is what a is, medium is one, actually. There's a, they're glass. They're glass, There's okay. a small one. I haven't really used this small one. Um, but... Um, so he put it in and he, he asked if I want to measure in inches or centimeters. And I just said, most English speaking people, like because of influence of the US, they use inches. Yeah. Yeah. So I said, oh, I'll use inches for the moment. But later on, I switched to centimeters. Um, and it went in seven inches deep. Ah. And he said, you keep that, um, keep that depth. So every time you put this in you, you wait until it gets to seven inches before you start um, and leave it in there for. 20, uh, half an hour that was at the beginning. Yeah. Is it the dilating process? What is this? That's the dilating process to start with. Yeah. Yeah. So I started doing that, um, on that, that day, that was the day I left hospital. Then I started doing that, um, in the evening. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But I had a problem. I couldn't pee. Oh, so they tried to get you to pee in the morning by drinking lots of water. Then yeah. they take a catheter. I had a catheter tube. They take that out and you're supposed to pee after that. And I peed a little bit. And there's a funny story about that that I won't go into because it's written on the, it's written on a blog and it's kind of long and complicated. But eventually I did pee in the morning, but by the time it got to the evening, I couldn't pee. Mm. And I drank lots of water and it started to swell up and it started hurting really terribly. Oh, gosh. And I thought, I'll just keep trying to pee. I'll try to pee. And I kept thinking about waterfalls and butterflies and all sorts. And I could still not pee and turn the tap on. And then I, I was in so much pain, we called the nurse and they took, put the catheter back in, which was also quite painful. Uh -huh. But two liters of pee came out. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> so amazing. So I had the catheter in me um, again. So I had to carry this pee bag around under my dress for, um, for a couple of days. Uh-huh. Um, then, um, uh, by the way, while that you're was, thinking, mm, uh, okay. the website where her website will be on onlinepodcast.com. So if you go there, it's, oh, oh my God, I am the letter I am transsexual.org. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's, that's got quite a few of the extra details mm -hmm. in it that I, I might've forgotten about. Um, <laughs> <laughs> there's some um, did you write those like during that i mean as you were yeah, healing right you you didn't a lot of them i wrote those then okay. back then yeah, yeah. um so that went on for another week and i thought just before christmas that i might get my my uh catheter taken out but no unfortunately i have a question not it got put back in again. Sorry, go on. Can you, how is, is that going to, dis, I mean, was it disrupting your, your dilation uh, or no, no. where's the, not a, so it's, it's not a bit above the urethra is a bit above. So, above, okay. Mm. Sorry. So I, um, not very familiar with the female no. vagina. <laughs> yeah. 
So um, <laughs> the the anatomy down there. Yes. Mm. Um, yeah. I said female vagina as if there's like female. Oh, you did. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> female so, body what? parts. Parts. Yep. Um. So I'll just get these out again. Uh, first of all, in the first um, few days, we had to do this for half an hour. Then they reduced the medium one, the medium dilator, for half, from half an hour to, I think, 15 minutes. And then we had to put the big one in and that go for five minutes. That was This is at the beginning. And it's not very painful at the beginning because you don't really have nerve endings there. They haven't grown uh, back yet. Uh-huh. Um, and I, I gave my dilators names. So my little one. <laughs> Do you have three sizes? Used, Do you have three sizes? Three sizes. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So... The the little one, I decided to name them after characters from Russian history. So we have Alexei, who, uh, no, no, sorry, it wasn't Alexei, Al- Anastasia, yeah, for the small <laughs> one, because I never use it. My friend told me to call call it, it Alexei, but I'm not going to do, he was the, the tar, the one who was in succession to be the tar, but he was hemophiliac, and I didn't want to have <laughs> um, after him. <laughs> um, so the next one is Tsar Nicholas. <laughs> so and the the That's big the one, one is Rasp- Rasputin because <laughs> he had he was supposed to have a really big foot. Oh, um, so <laughs> anyway, uh, well, those of you who are listening to this, I mean, I get the visuals. Uh, Kathy's holding up the, the. What do you call these? I just call it a dilator. Yeah, dilator. So it's like a glass dildo. Glass dildo. Yeah, a yeah. big glass dildo with markings on there, like yeah, for you know, measurements. The, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. So let's show 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 me show me uh, put the three. Can you put the three together? Yeah, I'll just get the. I usually use the box to put my computer underneath, so I'll keep that there. Um, that's the small one, the medium one. They don't look much difference, but they are quite different. And the large is it, one yeah. is it? Oh yeah, I can tell that. Yeah, is it the uh uh the so girth and depth also like the width and the depth as well is different just right? just the girth the depth is the same oh depth is the same ah. yeah, same yeah I just, see um, so so when you talk about the the seven the so it is everything is seven inches yep mm-hmm. deep but it's just that yep. you when you dilate it's the it's the width that changes yes now for most people um. Apparently, they they use the medium one and go to a certain depth and the the seven inches, but they don't go to the full depth with the big one. Uh-huh. And um, I started doing that, and Jessica started doing it as well, uh-huh. where we just make a bit of an effort for a while and push push this one right to the same depth. That took about a maybe three or four weeks to get like that. Uh-huh. Um, and so actually, I don't use the medium one anymore. I only use the large one at the moment. And when I asked the nurses, what does it mean? Do I still have to use the medium one to get to seven inches or can I just use the large one and do it for longer? So what does it mean when I don't have when I have the same depth of the medium one and the large one and they just smiled and said, It means you're very lucky because you can have a big boyfriend. <laughs> um, that was the answer. <laughs> yeah. Did you did you, how how long did it actually did it get you to get to being able to put the, the large one in all the way. Um, so going for the large one, that was maybe after five days out of, after, out of hospital. Oh, so that's really and quickly. Quite quick because you can't feel very much. But oh. then they get us to do dynamic dilation, which is where you kind of stir it around a bit. 
uh, to open the the uh, opening a bit wider. Uh-huh. Now that's really interesting because um, no, I mean what what's interesting about it is right at the beginning you can get in really easily, but it gets harder and harder as the scar tissue forms and it tries to contract. Ah. So in the third month after surgery, that's the most difficult time to get in. Mm. Um, and a lot of people have a lot of problems with dilating at that time. And they sometimes give up or don't and give up a bit of depth. But mm. um, I, I refused to do that. I, so I, I made sure I kept the same depth all the time. And we had to do it three times a day for the first three months. And that wow. took a long time because when the scar tissue is trying to get to heal itself up, uh-huh. it may take you maybe an hour to get into into the depth, mm-hmm. it get to seven inches, and that means then you have to do something with it for for te- uh, fifteen minutes, and then ten minutes with the media, the large dilator, and then it just means you take up two hours each time, perhaps wow. or two and a half hours, and you have to do it three times a day. So you can't really do anything. You can't go to work. You can't do it. In fact, you can't do much but stick a glass dildo on yourself. <laughs> um, so uh, sounds like fun for some people. <laughs> Yeah, well, it was. I, I found it fun at the beginning. It got really sensitive for a while, and then it felt awesome. Mm-hmm. But um, now, after that, it started feeling a bit sore again. Mm-hmm. Um, and now it just feels kind of normal. Right now, it feels normal now. It, it feels yeah, a bit sore, but I don't get so sore off it. Um, and the nerve endings are back now, so it's quite a bit sensitive, but yeah. not that. And nerve it's, endings, it's, is it inside, outside, where? Everywhere, everywhere. Oh, yeah. wow, that's nice. Can you, can you describe the sense? Is, it, is the sensation similar to before uh, when you have a, a, a penis, or, or how is it different, or is there any difference? Right at the beginning, it felt like that somebody had cut down the sides of my penis, and then it felt like it was still there and sort of, but all tucked up inside me. That's how it felt. Okay. Um, then later on, sometimes it feel, felt like I had an itchy scrotum. Oh. But there's no scrotum to scratch, so it's like ghost testicles. Oh. Um, ah! That was pretty horrible. Oh. oh, I'm trying to imagine right now. Give me a second. We are lampa. Oh. <laughs> I'm trying to imagine yeah. the, the sensation of an itchy scrotum where you can't scratch. You can't scratch it, oh. yeah. That happened a couple of weeks ago. It was really annoying. <laughs> wow. Um, then, um, uh, but as far as how it feels now, yeah, it feels quite different. And it feels sensitive in a different way. And I think the best thing is that, like, uh, I call it the gift that keeps on giving. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Like with a penis, you, you, you do your stuff and then it's over and then it stops and then you have to wait till the next time. But with a vagina, you, the, it still feels pleasurable. The pleasure doesn't stop because you don't, um, you don't once, yeah, even if you orgasm, yeah, yeah, it's still, um, do you yearn for that male climax? Uh, no. I don't. I don't think so. No, I thought of it, but no, not really. I that's. Well, I kind of like the female one better. Okay, so, so you're discovering that, that that new climax. That the the male was always hard to get to anyway. I had to usually think about, fantasize about, being penetrated or doing something to get to that anyway. In the okay. past, it just felt weird, quite often. If I did it, if somebody else was doing it, or I was doing it 
uh, other than myself. Uh-huh. Mm. So no, I don't, I don't, I don't miss it at all. I have no regrets at all about what happened. Uh, and it's that just waking up and thinking, wow, I've got that now. And that real feeling of euphoria. Uh-huh. <clears throat> um, it was just something I felt now looking back on it, it was something I waited for all my life. Mm-hmm. Do you, what is your, uh, you were going to tell us about the, uh, vagina with eyes. Oh yeah. No, see when I was, cause I got quite manic. So I thought up all these sorts of things. So I just stuck two little, made two little eyes out of paper and stuck them on with Luke. So, <laughs> and then showed somebody on YouTube, <laughs> not YouTube, not YouTube, not YouTube on, on Skype, on Skype. I did not see that. <laughs> oh gosh! Now let's um, let's uh, recap a little bit about, or at least um, kind of coming back to your your uh, the mental, the the psychological. How are, you know now you have a brand spanking new vagina? Yep, <laughs> and you are learning to enjoy it, and. How is how is that doing? How is how does that add to your 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 life? I mean, what is it like? Okay, I think one of the things that it's added is that I don't. It's taken something away that was always in the back of my brain, and a penis takes up a lot of space there. You're always thinking about how to hide it, um, and not wanting to see it. And once it's gone, you don't. It frees up a whole part of freed up a whole part of my mind that that wasn't free before. Yeah. Um, now I did have a bit of depression coming down off that manic yeah. period, but I don't really get depressed anymore. Oh, that's nice. To... It doesn't happen so much, and if I do, I kind of it just happens for like a couple of minutes or something. Yeah. It's not real depression. It's just like a a bad mood, and it goes away again. So wow. So I think that really. And to a lot of, in a lot of ways, that just cured cured me of, wow. of all those problems from a lot of those problems from before. That's that's yeah maybe maybe because you just have more mental capacity to deal with general things now that the part of you that you don't re- relate to is mm-hmm. no longer there. Yeah, and that's I thought like also it's less. I don't feel as vulnerable either because, like I've got the right parts down there, and I uh-huh. kind of feel. I feel good in myself about yeah. them. And the confidence it makes me probably more, too, makes right? Me more conf- yeah. Makes me more confident. Uh, I said, uh, did, <laughs> did, you, uh, did you have um, any breast surgery? No. Um, they've, I've just um, grown my own so far. Uh-huh. Cool, your try. own. <laughs> your homegrown boobies. Yeah. Homegrown <laughs> boobies, yeah. They, um, I actually, they disappeared after the surgery because I lost so much weight. Uh-huh. Um, they, they went really small, but they're coming back again now with a vengeance. So I think they're growing, <laughs> growing back. They're back to what they were before the surgery. Yeah. Are you and happy? I think eventually they'll get a bit bigger after that as well. So. Are you uh, generally happy with your breast size? Yeah, I think I wouldn't mind them being a bit bigger, but they're okay. I, I'm not too, um, as I say that the important stuff for me is sorted out down there. Sometimes I think a little bit about my face because sometimes it appears a bit masculine still and my hairline is a bit far back, but but actually, when I go out, people don't seem to think about it or notice it. So, mm. it's not um. <clears throat> what on your like, face that you f- you think is masculine? Uh, my brow ridge on the side. It's quite 
have quite a prominent brow ridge. Um, and that, but even so, I think it's not it's not that bad, and I can live with it. Maybe my chin's a bit too big as well, but yeah. but I don't. It's something that I might may, may sort out if I'm still feeling bad about it in a couple of years' time. Okay. But I'm giving it time. At the at the beginning, there were lots of people who'd who want to get everything who were done. thinking about these things, wanting it to get everything done. But yeah. I mean, I couldn't afford it at the time either. Uh, it's just something I have in mind. If I keep thinking about it, if I don't keep thinking about it, then it's okay. Sure. But, uh, yeah. Do you? How does um, surgery change your <clears throat> out your the entire your reaction to the world? How people see you, how people look at you, and well, I think the confidence that comes with it, people sort of see that, and and they know that. Um, yeah. That, okay, that's a really interesting thing as well. So before, when I was just transitioning, I started to have a lot of, um, and when I took Andrika, I had a lot of doubt about my my past, about what I did with my life. So my academic interests and so on, it made it quite difficult to concentrate. Um, and I started to think that maybe my past interest in in even in doing Chinese and all of these things was something to do with um, avoiding thinking about things okay so when I was a teenager instead of going out and doing guy things I'd stay at home and I'd learn learn foreign languages hmm. or uh, sort of read read books or be involved in almost a like, kind of fantasy almost like world. a distraction getting into yeah, something a as a distraction mm-hmm. yeah so that created a lot of self-doubt in me. Once I transitioned, I thought, I can't concentrate on these things anymore. My brain started to change. Mm. Um, and it means maybe maybe all of those things were just... Um, just a temporary uh, thing to get put your minds away for. Yeah. And be- when I started doubting myself like that, yeah. um, that caused a lot of trouble for me because I didn't know what I was going to do in the future. Mm. And uh, like I told somebody... Once, oh, I was feeling pretty bad. I didn't even listen to the Penang Hokkien podcast for three weeks. And they thought, oh, you must really have been bad. <laughs> oh. I, I take it and listen to it about three times and get all the words and construct gram- grammar and things out of it and type them into my dictionary. And I'd stop. So like last year, up until last year, I'd written 200 pages of dictionary in about seven months. Uh, and in my depressive period, I wrote only 10 pages in that's in one year. Oh, wow. So it really slowed me down, but now I've got back into it and I've written like maybe 10 pages in two months again, mm. um, or fifth or 20 pages in two months. Um, so that started to alter my, alter my feelings about myself. I thought maybe I'm not supposed to be doing academic work maybe i'm just supposed to do normal work actually i still kind of feel like that i don't feel i need a distraction in my life anymore uh-huh. like i used to but but um, you know that that's mm. that's kind of a nice thing uh, mm, I it mean, is mm. it change it changes things but you know mm. you it's almost like a rebirth right you you rediscover yep. things that you want to and like to do not being influenced by what you were trying to avoid that's right yeah and I really do still enjoy writing writing this dictionary and doing other things. And I think I'll continue to do that. But probably I'll do it for fun and not for professional yeah. work anymore. 
Um, like I realized I can just do write a dictionary. Nobody needs to pay me for it. I'm just happy to do that. It's just interesting. Mm -hmm. And I'll do some other work. Um, do you have you to, thought of what other works that could be? I'm really not sure. I I, I do work in the li library at the moment because doing things with the Japanese and Chinese books. Uh -huh. um, so at the moment I'm going to do, and I do some re a research job as well, which involves reading a lot of Chinese books and Chinese materials. Mm -hmm. But that's kind of an academic one. But I think I'd like to do something that uses Chinese maybe, but not, not in that, um, and uses my skill for translating, but maybe think, not. Do you think that it's because uh, a lot of those um, academic work Tend to, well, it's kind of, I don't know, I'm just saying. A male-dominated environment? <laughs> no, uh, I was thinking, do you, do you do some of those research work because you don't have to interact with people more? Or do you that, actually, yeah. yeah, go ahead. Yeah, that was one thing. I never, like, when I was writing my thesis, I hardly ever caught a cold. And I never <laughs> caught a cold because I never bumped See into anyone. people who had a cold. Yeah, I'd just sit in my office or sit at home and just write and concentrate and never talk to people. Hmm. Um and it really did help. And having those things to think about all the time. When I used to walk along as a guy, I just used to look at the ground a lot of the time. Yeah, I remember. I didn't want to look that. at other things. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, but now I think I've achieved a balance. I really feel I've achieved a balance. I don't want to throw away all of the all of my past. Yeah. There are things I want to take through with it, but at the same time, I don't really feel the. If I don't become a university lecturer, I don't really care anymore. If mm -hmm. I don't, that was the your the your only goal. That's before. right. Yeah. yeah. Now you have. So options. now I've got other things. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, that's very nice to hear. Do you? I'm going to ask you this. Uh, it, it's very nice of you and very generous of you to to share your stories with with me and my listeners, the two of them. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, not including you. <laughs> <laughs> Why? I want to ask you. What is the reason that you want to share your stories? And it could, yeah. Well, yeah. I'm always happy to share my story with you, John. Yeah. You've, I've been listening to your stories for, for years. So, um, yeah, I think, um, and I know I always feel very comfortable about talking about these things with you. Mm -hmm. um, I think you, um, yeah, you're very understanding of other people's, other people's situations. Um, and I, I still sometimes do like to get up uh maybe one of the things is to let people know that you can have a successful transition because there are a lot of horror stories out there as well mm -hmm. about people whose families disown them and who's like um and i th i think that it doesn't have to be like that for some people unfortunate they're really unfortunate but there are some happy stories of transition as well yeah and maybe it's nice to know for people to know that maybe mm -hmm. yeah yeah, yeah. Well, it's good. I always wonder, you know, I mean, obviously you're comfortable with me, therefore you're talking to mm -hmm. me, but, but I also want to know, is there any other reasons other than me? <laughs> <laughs> uh, not really. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's, you know, I, well, I believe, I believe when somebody do something and it's not a small thing, frankly, it's, it's a big thing, what you're sharing. It, that's got to be, I hope, that's got to be more than just I'm doing it because he asked me to, to do right, it. Uh, yeah, um, and I'm sure part of it is that too, right? I mean, yeah, I ask yeah. you, and you don't want to say no to me because 
You want to be nice. Well, I never, I never even, it never even occurred to me to say no. Uh, I thought, oh, good. I mean, some, sometimes, sometimes I think to myself, oh, I'm a bit nervous that lots of people will come and look for me uh-huh. after that. And like, I mean, I okay, know. so in, to a certain extent, I am a bit stealth because I, you notice I don't have my original name on yeah. my Facebook profile. Yes, yes. And there's a reason for that. And that's because my surname is very rare. Mm-hmm. And I don't, at the moment, want people from my high school finding out about me mm-hmm. without me being able to get right in their face and show them. I think uh. that would be more fun <laughs> if I do that. <laughs> yeah. So um, that's part of it. And sometimes, like, I actually, I do like it here. I've had a very good ex- experience with transitioning here. But one day I want to move on and go to a place where people don't know about me. Yeah. And I, the reason why I want to do that is I just want to see what the chance, what, to have a chance of what it was like to have lived, lived as a woman. Yeah. And maybe later I'll come out again because that's what my friend did. She came out again and helped a lot of people. But she was completely stealth for 18 years and no one knew about her. Um, but she was really helpful to me. And I think um, I might not stay like that forever. It's, and I always do like to, to share my story just in case it's helpful to people. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, uh, so, but I, that, that's the part that well, I always get something out of um, conversations with people and you right now is uh, this, for what I get this time is that, is when you talk about, uh, and a lot of trans people go through that, they struggle all their lives trying to be their their identity that they 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 know inside and reflect it on the outside. Once they get there, they want to try to live as that identity that they always mm-hmm. had in their head. Yeah. But mm-hmm. at the same time, you are struggling with your past, and your past okay. is something that sometimes you want to put away so that you can actually experience living life as just a normal yep. person, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. But then you also have that the activism and the, the, the side where you want to help people go through that and share your stories about that. And the whole back and forth thing, and I, through talking to you, suddenly right now it becomes, I've always been very understanding, at least try to be compassionate. It suddenly makes a lot of sense to me suddenly right now mm-hmm. as I'm hearing it. And, yeah. and it's, and I like to think of it as a process more than, than just, you know, once you're in, you're in, once you're out, you're yeah. out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's interesting as well because there's that trans activism can be quite have this split personality of of on the one hand they want to make make people visible, but on the other hand they want to make them invisible. Yeah. So uh, the group I'm involved with here promotes visibility, but also promotes uh, for greater tolerance and greater understanding. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But at the same time wants to help it make it easier to change ID documents so people can't uh, out you yeah. easily just by looking at a passport or something like that. And that I see as two, two conflicting tendencies. Yeah, yeah, yeah it is. Um, and I have this problem as well. And sometimes you actually be pers- – and I don't I, – my problem is, is that sometimes I don't really feel like if I go back and go to a community group, it's a bit of a problem for me. I like to go back and see the people because I can feel that maybe they want to know something from me. 
but at the same time, I don't like talking about it anymore so much. Um, uh, hmm. And I don't feel the same as I did a year ago or two years ago. So I'm not going through the same thing that they yeah, the, the, the struggle now that they the went challenge. and I can't really understand how it feels. I remember how it feels, but I can't understand how it feels like for me anymore. Uh-huh. Um, and depending who you talk to, you can be victimized or persecuted for yes. not being out enough yes. and not wanting to be out. Yeah. And I know the like queer communities in general have this, have this, um, um, this discussion or this conflict as well, where like people who are closeted, not closeted so much, but just, uh, what's it? Assimilators. Yeah. 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 And I think trans, trans people, most, most people, if they can, they, they want to be assimilationist yeah. and just want to live as, as women or men. Yeah. Um, uh, and a few don't, and there are a few who don't and are understanding, but there are also a few who don't, who don't want to be, who don't like that and think, oh, as soon as people have got their surgery, they never want to have anything to do with it, yeah. us anymore. But I, there's a reason that there's a psychological change in there that you can't, you can, I can't put it back um, again. Yeah. Well, mm-hmm. things are different. And I, yeah, I think that that's what I learned is, is maybe not to see it as, you know, that black and white again, yeah. you know, you're in or you're out uh, or, or maybe like you put it, you know, at some point you're gonna get into just experiencing living life normally, and then, and then maybe at some point in your in, in your life you might want to come out and, and help people again, or not at all. Uh, but it, it is a challenge that I I see sometimes the community, the the queer community, the gay people included, don't think about. Or or don't try to think about how what you're going through. It's not yeah. it's not just a coming out as being gay. Yeah. We, relatively speaking, it's actually quite simple. You know, for you know, you're out, and once you're out, you're out. You can't really apply that to to the trans community because mm. you are going through a complete physical change that we don't go through. Mm-hmm. We don't have yeah. to, and me- psychological and everything changes. I think mm-hmm. we don't have yes. to deal with that. All we need to do is just, you know, to to be truthful and out. And frankly, for a trans person to be truthful is being the the identity that you always felt inside. Mm-hmm. So actually, yes. being stealth is actually kind of it's truthful yeah. to you. Mm-hmm. It's just that I think some people probably have the issue about. The truth being, you were a man before, and they were trying yeah. to focus on that rather than uh, focus yeah. on who you are now. Yeah. Well, I think, yeah, Jessica put it very well. She, like, saying the way to say is, I was born a man, mm-hmm. but I never was one. <laughs> that's that's the uh, yeah. way of thinking about it, perhaps. Yeah. But yeah, people, if people know, they often will focus on that. Yeah. And I, it, or, or they'll think about it a lot. Yeah. And I think, yeah, I actually, even if they do think about it sometimes, I find people here tend to just forget kind of after a while. Mm-hmm. And, um, uh, and people will react differently, particularly women react differently. Why? How, um, how it so? was really, well, it was really funny. Um, last year I was organizing a conference and, um, uh, and I was organizing the catering for it. 
And a guy who I knew from, who's always got an eye, eye for, eye for women. Yeah. He's always trying to hit on them. Uh -huh. He, um, he said to me, um, wow. Because one of them, one of the other caterers was there and like, she said, oh, bye. Yeah. Really nice to meet you. And we'd, we'd been talking the whole afternoon. And, uh, cause I think she didn't know about me either. She didn't sort of let twig. Um, and he said, you know, your girl will never, um, cause he's from the U S will, uh -huh. they, they never want to talk to you if they think you're going to hit on them. And I thought, yeah, that's funny. Cause she wouldn't, she wouldn't even look at him. And I said, oh, I had a nice talk with her. Oh, that's because she doesn't think you're a threat. And I thought, I thought <laughs> mm, yeah, kind of. It's kind of like that. But also I think it was that, that people didn't – people just don't think about it anymore. Uh -huh. They might suspect something in their mind, but I don't think – sometimes, some further along the track they might, but they don't really think about it that much. Right. Mm. And, and for me, I mean, it, people have that sort of reaction. It's because mm. it's somewhat human nature. You know, yeah. you're curious and mm -hmm. you and of course, you know, most people are brought up in that black and white male, female yeah. uh, mm -hmm. society. I personally, you know, I, I do that. And the whole reason why we have this conversation is because mm -hmm. of that. Uh, I mean, yeah. my ultimate goal is for to for people who do not get the exposure to to the trans community mm -hmm. to have that conversation that you very mm -hmm. it's very tough for people to talk about that. Uh, or go find this sort of conversation, you know, it's very tough. Mm -hmm. Plus, I can be a little bit more brutal with asking mm -hmm. you questions and you are brutally honest with the question, uh, the <laughs> answers. And I think that benefits people. Uh, but what I'm trying to say is, in a way, I'm still kind of doing that. It's just that how I get through things is I I just start to be compassionate and be mm -hmm. respectful of whoever that person that I'm talking to, I'm dealing with, how they want me to refer to them, and yes. and all that. It's it's it comes down to that. Mm -hmm. And in time, you will start to you will start to forget. And I'm sure people understand. And the trans community and people like you would actually mm -hmm. understand how. Uh, it, like how I understand some people, you know, when I tell them that I'm gay and they were shocked for a little bit, it's like, okay, that's fine because it took me 21 years or however many years. You know, you can have your, your 20 days mm -hmm. <laughs> to, to digest that information. Mm -hmm. Yeah. <laughs> but do you think also at some point, you know, it's your life and you're going to, you know, have your confidence and you're going to start live a life that is more fulfilling and, and you don't have yeah. all that worries and all that. You're going to just start living and you don't have a time like right now for me, you know, being out gay for so long. Who I don't care if you if you if you have a problem mm -hmm. that's yours to deal mm -hmm. with anymore. Yeah, and it's yeah. it's not even to the point where I'm trying to make a point that it doesn't mm -hmm. do anything to me. I it just doesn't even come into my wavelength anymore. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think the only when I I I'd, I'd mind less if I didn't think it was going to cause trouble for me getting work. Ah. Um, and I think I've been very lucky with having work. Mm -hmm. But I think once I step out of a, a university environment, it's going to be a lot more difficult. Yeah. Um. I so that's why. I've waited for two years doing this, doing transition. And when I come out the other end, then I'll try to find a job where people don't know about that. And they can find it. I, I think maybe what it is is I don't want them to know straight away. I, I don't have so much of a problem if they find out later. Uh -huh. 
because then they've already kind of you just don't want it, the, the yeah. prejudice up front like right at the at the beginning yeah um it makes life very difficult yeah right that's and another also, that's another yeah. thing that I, I i i when i was you know saying about that and i wasn't trying to compare and because it's different you have <laughs> to change you have to the 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 physical change that gay mm. people don't have to deal with you know yeah that's an, an extra layer of of uh challenge yeah. i think even yeah. though no matter how good you feel people can still judge you and not want to mm. offer you a job that's right yeah. well that's kind of true for um, me too because i'm so queeny but anyway that's, that's besides <laughs> the point <laughs> there's something else i was thinking about um uh recently was that that and i'd asked a few friends about it as well but um when like i have a nephew now and he's he's almost three and when i hear what he's like i just think to myself oh thank goodness he's not going to end up like me hmm? because and i always think that about about younger people you'd i hope that they're not going to have to go through what i i go through because it's not nice mm-hmm. and i don't know um how uh, I'll ask you a question. Yes. I was wondering how you feel about that as far as young gay people go. Mm-hmm. You you hope people wouldn't be gay so they don't have to put up with what you went through or is it different? Uh, because most trans question. people I know think like that. Uh, they think, oh, don't want anyone else to be like have to go through what we go through. Mm. Um, I don't necessarily think. I used to. Mm. I used to think, you know, of course I don't want, you know, Kids that I know, my 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 own. Well, let's say if I have children or whatever, if I adopt a children or a child or whatever. In a way, I I I'm I'm at this point, I'm fairly neutral. I'm just mm-hmm. gonna be, you know, if you are, you are. If you're not, you're not. I don't have one way or another because, uh, I I well that that's my I I don't know I. I don't have any, uh, you know, sway one way or another. I'm fa- fairly neutral. I used to be though. I used to be, you know. Of course, I don't want people to go through that because what yeah. I've gone through was not easy. I hope you have to deal with that. But I'm seeing a little bit more positive trend mm-hmm. toward being able to be themselves and still be accepted yeah. as and having yeah. a as good a childhood and life, yeah. a fairly mm-hmm. normal life. Yeah, yeah. That's um, and I mean, that might be the case in the future as well. Uh-huh. I think it's also to do with something that that the surgery isn't very nice to go through. I think like uh, in it's a painful thing, and it's yeah. it, um, and it does feel great when you come out the other side. But just to have to have to do that, and you have to pay an awful lot of money for yeah. it as well. Um, well, I can understand that. Yes, yeah. it's just an, yeah, an so extra think, extra layer of complexity that's right yeah yeah and it's an extra layer of complexity through your whole life inside inside yourself uh-huh. so when i think of because sometimes people say that's her- hereditary as well i kind of think it's lucky perhaps that i didn't have that i never ended up having children, children. um or just in case they yeah i wouldn't want to well and my nephew i i just thought oh, i'm i'm kind of relieved that he he seems to be very much a boy and go around hitting stuff with his blow up hammer and so on. But I mean, who knows? He might, <laughs> he might be just doing that to distract himself. <laughs> yeah. 
yeah. late boomer maybe yeah <laughs> late, late boomer, boomer yeah <laughs> Uh, um, yeah. yeah but that, yeah that's very interesting i uh, mm. do uh, uh, speaking of of jobs uh, we need to wrap this up too oh wow yeah. how can we talk for so long oh my god <laughs> and there was something else i wanted to say too but i think you need to make it so it's not too long yeah, uh, yeah. a third show <laughs> uh, uh, it was just just something that um why did you maybe yeah, to go, think about no yeah that, i want you to talk about it. i want you to say okay. yeah. it was some um, that Actually, for people like me who are lucky and and passable, yeah, yeah, and can can live in stealth if they want to, mm-hmm. we're not the people sometimes who need the most protection. It's some of the people in between, and there are other things that I haven't touched upon because I don't really understand. I can't speak for them. I don't understand why people feel like that, but I know if they're feeling very strongly about it, it must be for the same reason that I feel strongly about being a woman. Yeah. And that's gender queer people and that um or people who are kind of androgynous yeah. as well. Yeah. yeah. They they're some because they don't fit in I, I mean I when you say fitting into black and white, I never have a problem with the black and white. If I was in the white category, I just want to be stuck in the black category and that's it. Yeah. But there are a whole lot of people in the middle who can't yeah. who are Either through their appearance or through how they feel inside, they don't get in, mm-hmm. in there, and they're the ones who kind of need, perhaps, to be for people to know about them a lot more, and be visible because that, they have, have a lot of people can understand one way black and white very easily, but not those people right. in the middle. So, yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, that's true, and that's the um, you know the LGBTQIA, uh, yeah, the quilt bag, the, quilt bag. The, <laughs> <laughs> the uh, it's, I is is intersex. Intersex, yep. Mm-hmm. And yeah. do, would you would you categorize those like genderqueer? Is is you know you don't really. It's like in between, male. Yeah, see, I see genderqueer. Intersex is usually something that you can see physically as well, or has is chromosomal. Oh, okay. There's lots of different kinds of intersex, and again, I'm not really, I don't have much knowledge of that to speak about it. But um, will the queer be uh, inclusive? Genderqueer well, people who kind of feel half and half, yeah. or sort of go backwards and forwards, as far as I understand. Yeah. Um, but uh, or people, there are people who can't take hormones and can't have surgery uh-huh. because of uh, physical, like uh, medical problems. Yeah. And they also. They have to live. They have to live psychologically. They have to live as women, but they don't look like women. Yeah. What society expects a woman to be, and that's where I think the visibility thing helps a lot mm-hmm. for those people. Now, on the other hand, being more visible also makes it more difficult to be stealth because people know a lot about trans trans women now, and yeah. they know what to look for. So, again, there's that that split personality where I mean. Going, do you? Yeah. Are you open or are you not? And how helpful is it to other people? And how helpful is it to yourself? Mm-hmm. And I'm never going to work that out. I don't think. So, <laughs> yeah. how, do you do you think you'll be happy when? I mean, when you talk about living stealth, a stealth mm-hmm. life, yeah. passable, and, you, and so nobody, yeah. people just you know think that you're a woman and never question or, or anything. Uh, yeah, it's it's a lot easier mentally. I think you don't have to deal with with stuff like yeah. that. Do you are you do you also think that maybe it it could be as good when people just whether or not they tell you, it's it's not for me. It's it 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 doesn't matter, and so it's not an issue for me. I don't 
and I am an extreme. I think uh, yeah. the the world, the, US, does not, yeah. the world does not. The world in the US you're an extreme, but I think here you wouldn't be so extreme. Okay, people don't mind so much here. It's really quite, and in New Zealand even less. I mean, mm-hmm. they had the world's first uh, uh, transsexual member of parliament. And um, she was the mayor of a small town where you'd never really expect people to be quite conservative, but yeah. they don't think about it in the same way. Yeah. yeah, and I think you know that that would be the ultimate nice world to to be in. Yes, is yeah, to so. not having to worry. And now, will at that time, let's say if you live in that society, do you still want to be uh, stealth in the way where you want to be? not having to talk or deal with your past, your, your well, ho- Hopefully, if it were that sort of society, people just wouldn't care and I wouldn't need to talk about it or okay, deal good. with it. So it's, yeah, not, yeah. it's not really then, it's, it's pe- you are forced to having to, you are forced to deal with it because people confront mm. you because mm. they don't know how to digest that, right? Your, your yeah. identity? I mean, uh, for myself, I rarely come up against that now. Mm-hmm. But I did at the beginning, um, but now people just yeah. So and and that was was a, I was forced with confronting it then, mm-hmm. um, yeah. But I think yeah. I wonder about places like Thailand because Thailand does have people who are in the middle, but there are also people who've gone all the way and are I think not really known about. They they live in stealth as well as mm-hmm. best they can. Yeah. Um. And I think the advantage of having a society that accepts something in the middle is that you, it makes it easier to pass through to the other side if you need to. And yeah. it makes it easier to stay in the middle if you need to. Yeah. Um, so that's my... You just do whatever you're comfortable. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. So, I mean, wouldn't I'm that hoping... Be a, wouldn't some... that be lovely? You know, there's no judgment. There's no... Oh, that would be such a nice world. Yeah. I think it's harder to imagine where you're living. Um, <laughs> and, uh, Unfortunately, you know, I mean, that's what I see. This, and it, what happens is, from my view, from looking outside, from what people in the U.S. write, it aggravates and angers people, and they have to stand up and thump their chest and say, "I'm this, and you're like that." And um, trans women, uh, so some people in LBGT, in the the quilt bag community would yeah. say, well, there's no community and, and trans women aren't women and trans men aren't men. And, um, and then there are also people who'll stake a claim and say, you're not, you're not real woman unless you've had surgery. And there's other people who'll say, um, and it, the one's identity is something that you shout about and it's quite aggressive because it's been made to be aggressive because of the, the prejudice about it. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, and, and that's, I I also think though that uh, you know from from my observation is uh that we I think sometimes we see uh, the American society differently when you look at it from a political point of view mm. than when you look at it at a human point of uh, uh yes. level it's the same for all every like you know countries and different people. I am a, I'm more hopeful when I look at the human level. Yeah. And and a part of that is because who I who I surround me, yeah. me with, right? Uh that said, I also 
I also want to challenge because of my the slight activism of mine. I want mm-hmm. to challenge people. You know, I want to make people feel like they. I my mom always tell tells me that I have a personality that's like a she thinks it's a God given personality that people just mm-hmm. like me and mm-hmm. and so I'm very easy to get along with. You know, and I and and I naturally smile a lot and it makes people f- feel very comfortable and. Mm-hmm. What my mission have been is, you know, I, and I know a few people, and there are people that I know that I talk to, and there are also people that I may not go in that in depth into that conversation. Is I want to touch their lives by by me first, and then they have to go deal with their own problem of my being gay, and the and it has been successful. I have to tell you, there are friends of mine who are who are almost frustrated and struggling with the idea of of gay marriage and. Uh-huh. Suddenly, it becomes such a tough issue for them because they know me. Mm-hmm. They know my partner, and we've been together for fifteen years. and And they said, and a lot of people won't talk to you about that. You know, there's somebody yeah. that I know very close that said, you know, I just don't want to think about that issue anymore because it's I'm conf- I'm fighting with it in- internally. Mm-hmm. I one side of me is seeing what the 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 extreme religious people are thinking, but the other side is challenging me the complete opposite because I see you. Mm-hmm. So I, I, want yeah. to, I, want to, I want to challenge people that way. But mm-hmm. I do see the younger generations are changing things. They, they, yes. they, are, they are a whole lot more casual and, and it's not so much of an issue. So I, I'm hopeful that when all the the crazy old dies <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> the crazy old generation die off then we might actually yeah. have a better world then <laughs> i think i think you might be right there um i mean i'm i'm quite amazed the way that australian politicians deal with these things and it's right um i think you're right at a ground at a ground on the on the ground actually people don't really mind about the the same-sex marriage, uh, but in the polit- politically, they can't do it because there are a lot of older conservative people who are controlling the yes, parties. Yes, exactly. Um, and and, and uh, money involved. Yeah, yeah. So I don't know. It seems strange that there's money involved here about that. Um, but I thought they should just push it. I mean, it wouldn't actually harm them to just push it through at all. I don't think it would harm the the part the Labour Party that's in power at the moment to push it through. They just can't do it because in their own ranks there are conservatives. Now the New Zealand Labour Party doesn't have that conservative um, group in its ranks. The new, even I don't know if you've seen it. There's a speech by Morris Williamson about same-sex marriage in the New Zealand, the gay marriage in the New Zealand Parliament. Mm, I haven't seen that. It's yet. been doing the rounds, and uh, he's actually from the National Party, and the National Party are the New Zealand version of the Republicans. They're the Conservative Party. Yeah. And most of them voted, or over half of them even voted for gay marriage. Um, and he had a very funny speech about it. Um, well, really, when you really yeah, when you think yeah. about it, it's not, it's not, it's not a political ideology. It really is. It's just a a, a religion. Um, hmm. It it should because there are gay Republicans and gay Democrats. Yeah. There are gay liberals and right. there are gay conservatives. Yep, 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 yep. Mm-hmm. You know, so it shouldn't be an issue. It should be a wash. And if that mm. is the case, really, for for the Republican, well, how do we get pol- political here? If that's <laughs> the case for the for the in America for the Republicans, 
there would be so much more gain they would gain for their party, as you see, right. because yeah, so. that would be that one issue that is no longer it's no longer something that's working against them. Mm -hmm. Yeah, indeed. So it would be like a wash. Yeah. yeah, it seems like, well, here, the issue seems to work against every, all the political parties, except for the Greens, and they're a very small minority. So. Mm. Yeah, it's, in, it's interesting. Um, I had an idea that why not, if, if people are so um, determined because marriage has a religious meaning to it, then why not just get rid of marriage and just call it civil union and then you don't have marriage anymore. The state has nothing to do with it. But I'm very radical in that <laughs> regard. And we, you know, I have actually thought about that too. You know, you can, you can you know, start calling it something else. Mm. But the, the, it, it, it's, it's, there are just a lot of implications. There's a lot of, of stuff yeah. that you have to go back and fix to, yeah, to get right. it right. You know, verbiage, language, and all that, all that's the previous right. laws and everything. You need to yeah, change yeah. everything, you know. Mm -hmm. So that's yeah. a little, that, yeah. And I thought of that too. And I've actually it's gone through the whole gay marriage thing. I've gone through several phases myself too. When I first started, it was like, I don't really care what you call it as long as I get the same rights. Yeah. But then mm -hmm. when, you, when you go through, seriously going through that, and it's, it's still different. You know, and, yep. and when it's still different, it's not equal. That's right. And and yeah. it's not just the just for justice sake. Even the it, the the work that you have to go back and change, like mm -hmm. uh, you know, how you how how do you write stuff in yeah, there? And there's not call marriage. Yeah, I've never thought of that. That's a very good thing. Why not just redefine the marriage? It's much it takes <laughs> takes much less time. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you can see I'm not a lawyer. <laughs> <laughs> and and so you know, that changes, and and I know it keeps evolving. I do see. I am. <clears throat> I'm. I, I could be wrong, and if I live a normal life, which I'm intending to, <laughs> <laughs> if I say if I live until 85, 90 years old. I I I do feel like gay marriage will be um a reality in America within my life I think lifetime. So. Yeah. Um mm. it probably won't happen within the next 5 years mm. probably maybe 15 20 years it probably yeah. will happen. Yeah, I think it's highly probable. You might get surprised as well. Right. But I yeah. you know what thank you so much and I don't know how well, we got into political <laughs> conversation but uh you know letting us sneak in and check up on how things are. Thanks and if I, I'm still doing my podcast, uh, when, when maybe down the road, cause you know, it's, it's nice to see the progress, but at this mm. point though, I feel like this is the point where, where you can move on and go on and live your life mm -hmm. because you know, there's no, maybe, maybe down the road when you, you live stealth and then come back again and you want to feel, yeah. you want to talk again. You know, we can yep. do that again. But I, I feel like the, your story, for me at least, is is pretty complete at this stage. Yeah, yeah. That's what you'll find on the on the blog. I write it's like that as well. I've stopped being able to write it because uh, I don't. I just feel normal now. Yeah, it's great. Yeah, yeah. yeah. What's well, nice? Maybe I'll come on. Hmm? It's nice okay. to hear that. Nice. Mm. I'll come on Penang Hokkien. Yes. Instead, <laughs> I need to do that every time. I think, oh, shall I stay up? And then I go to sleep. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Well, thank you so much. And uh, I will be putting the 
the blog up on uh, Penang. I mean, no, not Penang. Okay, on <laughs> onlinepodcast.com, and you can go check it out there. And thank you, Kathy, for doing this again and t- talking to us and sharing your life with us. Thank you very much. And yeah. I yeah. hope you have a really enjoyable, happy life. And and you know another thing that actually what what was uh, what I'm more interested in is not so much your your life as a woman is more about your depression because the uh, whether or not it's going to come back how is it coming back you know depression is a bitch you know it's it's you, you don't know how to, you just can't tell and you don't know how to deal with it and i also through my own i i try this is my goal in life is to be as compassionate as possible I think that's a, good, a really good and and not, not to say that I I am I'm able to all the time, and also not to judge and not judging is much harder <laughs> than being compassionate. You know, you can be compassionate but still judge. Yeah, that's true. Some, somehow, <laughs> if you tr- if you're truly compassionate, you really won't judge. But what I'm saying is sometimes you know, I'm not that compassionate and I start to judge. But one of the things is uh, depression. I used to not be able to get what depression is and means because mm-hmm. I'm such a cheerful person. I'm always, it's, yeah. I, I'm sad. I don't know what depression is. You know, I can be extremely sad, but I'm not getting what depression means mm-hmm. until, and I've, I don't know if I've shared this. I may have. I talked about how I went back to Malaysia and it was such an awesome trip and I was getting recognized on the streets and I was on the newspaper several times within uh, yeah, the one visit. Right. And I was on top, you know, I was I was feeling really good. And then when I came back, well, actually, I got really emotionally tired, like mentally very t- tired because I've, I've had to put up my Penang Hokkien identity and personality all the time. Oh, God. I'm not saying that it's. I'm not saying <laughs> yeah. that it's fake. You know, it's part of me. Yeah. It's not me all the time. It's only when I'm yeah. recording. And sometimes yeah. I do put up. You know, I crank myself up. I'm a performer. I crank myself up to 120 percent for the recording. But because I was meeting so many people, and people expect me, or I yeah, want yeah. to present myself <laughs> to be the 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 Miku the John on Miku John Hukian. sleeps sometimes too. <laughs> yes, and get sad yeah. and get pissed off, but. Yeah. I feel like I have the obligation to mm-hmm. to present that self to people. So I got yeah. so burned out at the end of my trip. Oh, and that's God. why I don't yeah. plan I don't plan on official events like that anymore. And you know, yeah. people are pe- my listeners wants to do that and then I would do it, but it's like one day, two days, not yeah, like yeah. what I used to do. I would go on I have you give workshop and I was on on TV interviews, uh, uh-huh. uh newspaper interviews everywhere and i i don't i couldn't handle it so i crashed and i sort of felt like i was actually fell into a depression i i was to Uh the point where when i came back to america i didn't want to go out Mm yeah even to work i didn't i didn't i the only person that i want to hold hold on to was bruce and that was the only one i didn't want to talk to my parents i didn't want to talk to my Mm -hmm. Uh, my I didn't want to go work. Like going to work felt like, and I like my job, but I didn't want to deal with people at work. Yeah. I don't want to talk to anyone. That was the first time, and it's kind of interesting. I probably should go back and listen to my old shows. I mm-hmm. rarely do that. I probably should go back to that period and see what I was saying, what I was thinking. I remember mm-hmm. I had a moment where I thought, 
oh crap, this is depression. You know? Yes. Yeah, this yeah, is yeah. this is what I've been thinking about. You, if you want it so badly, you can climb out of it. I've been yeah. I've been having that thought because I never felt what depression felt like. It's mm-hmm. so helpless. I have no explanation yeah. why I was sad. There's yeah, nothing. Yeah, yeah. I was so happy. There's. I was at my peak. You know, my my podcasts were doing great. I have a job, yeah. and but mm-hmm. I felt sad. I just didn't want to yeah. see people. Yeah, that's that's it. <laughs> yeah, and if you don't know how to climb out of the hole with thoughts that you've already like, I always say it's like digging a foothold, like making foothold. Yeah, holes in the, in the wall of the well. If you don't know how to do that from being down there already, it's very hard to climb out again. At the beginning, and it feels really terrible. But um, yeah, I don't know. I sometimes I get the feeling that they just chucked it in the bin with 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 my testicles. So, um, <laughs> uh, so, <laughs> so I'm hoping it's like that. I've never really had the same experience since, and I think it. I, I think it might stay like that. I've be, just become a much more positive person in general. Well, that's good. Uh, that, that's good yeah. to know. And and I want to, you know, maybe in a year or two. We can come back and we'll talk about that, and we don't have to talk about yeah. other things. It's just about you know how yeah. how's your how's your 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 feelings and have you had yeah. any? Because you know the the conversation that we had two years ago, there were pieces that actually surprised me. What what you you went through within the last two years, you know, because uh-huh. at that time you were very. I had the impression that. Oh, now that you you found your true self, you're working toward that. Mm-hmm. That's all wiped away. You know the the whole depression thing was not. It was t- completely yeah. related yeah, to that. Yeah, me too. Yeah, yeah. And then yeah, and didn't... then and then not. You know, you know, two years later, who knows? Two years from now, what conversation we'll be having, right? Yeah. But I do hope. I, I do hope, though. I do hope that you know you 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 obviously get to experience and see things a little bit differently now. Yeah. Yeah. No, I think um, I can explain, I think, where the depression came from. And it's very easy to, if I do get some thoughts like that, then I realize, I take it for what it is. And I realize, yeah, life's not really like that. And you hardly ever feel like you have that. To step away. You have to step away yeah, and step look at away. it. Yeah. Yeah. And that, that seems to work. I, so. I, uh, I have to say that, that was the only time that I actually felt that way. Mm-hmm. And I have... I have not felt. I, I climbed up slowly. It took me, you know, maybe three, four months. Oh wow! It, it, it was a long period of time. It was to the point where I was talking to Bruce. And I said, you know, if I don't feel better, I I should probably go see somebody. Mm-hmm. I was not. I was yeah. not seeing a doctor or anything because oh, I, I didn't I, realize it lasted for that long. It, it was pretty long. It, it it got better, you know. I think for about two months, it was a month. It was really bad. I think that's when mm-hmm. I start to discover that it's actually oh my gosh I'm actually experiencing well, depression yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. and then then because I realize that I that I still feel it still feel bad I just that I I I stop trying to question myself why am I feeling sad I just thought oh, that was just maybe my depression talking yeah. mm-hmm. and and I told Bruce if I if I'm still like that after a while you know if i don't know if i don't see it ask me to go see a doctor you know mm-hmm. and so and then i i climb eventually it was four months three or four months for me to come back to my old self mm-hmm. but it wasn't Gosh. bad for four months it was probably yeah, bad yeah. for the first month 
Yeah, I kind of feel like that too. So it was bad for the first month and then it took until I stopped taking Andrica to come off it. And then I wasn't really back to my old self because my old self was before I started transition. <laughs> so, yeah, it's it's very interesting. It is. Um, and people do need to talk about that a lot as well, I think. Yeah. About depression. It's important. Yeah, about depression. Yeah. yeah. So, I think so too. Sometimes. And I, I want to talk about it. I just didn't... It, it didn't, like I said, the issue didn't, it was not my, a part of my circle, you know? I don't yeah. see, I don't feel that, I don't even understand it. I used to think that you, if you want enough to climb out of it, you can. Yeah. But yeah, that, no, is so not, not okay. that is so not true. <laughs> exactly. After I experienced it myself firsthand, I was, I didn't know it, yeah. it's totally not true. Anyway, that's an, another topic for another time. Indeed. But thank you so much, Kathy, one more time. Well, thank you again. And uh, stay online, and uh, I'm yep. going to wrap up the show. You can contact me. You can go to my website, onlinepodcast.com, and see the uh, link to oh my god, I am transsexual.org and check out Kathy's blog. You can contact me by writing me online at gmail.com. You can also call me. Uh, 920 iPhone Y I'd love to hear from you And I want to hear your feedback also And also you can always follow me on Twitter Which I enjoy Come see me on Twitter And see what I say And what I talk about My crazy shit there Okay Don't forget to smile bitches Bye bye